are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Seals, um, and across the table from me is... Wayne Randolph. The one and only Wayne Randolph. How you doing, Wayne? I'm good. I'm great. Wayne was standing up. <laughs> Sorry, I'm good. Thanks, Chris. How are you doing? It's a weird day. Uh, I'm tired. I don't know. I might be mildly depressed. It's a cry for help, everyone. I'm, mo- I'm mostly kidding. I'm all right. Well, I am a mandated reporter, Chris. <laughs> uh, but I'm not a minor, so okay? it's cool. Hey, yeah. You sent a funk? Hey, Wayne. Hey, Chris. <laughs> um, have you ever played on a sports team? Yes. Have you ever played on a sports team... With a Christian organization, <laughs> yes, I have. Um, one of my favorite things to do before a a game with a sports team with a Christian organization, so you know, just really ask God for victory. Yep. And like when I say victory, I'm not talking about like some sort of hypothetical spiritual victory. No, but we want to win. Yeah, we want to win. Yeah. And so those those other sinners from the other Christian school from the other I was just going to say from the other Christian school that's praying a similar prayer. Yeah, but they're praying wrong. Right. So I mean, we're obviously going to win. God is only on on our side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to talk about prayer, guys. Awesome. Um, and I think it's it's interesting because. Well, I don't know. I don't know if interesting is the right word, but I think that um, if you've been listening to us for any amount of time, you might be aware of the fact that we like we like to process things cognitively sometimes and mm. like and deconstruct things. Um, and and in that process, like in teaching our kids how to critically think and how to pick things apart, and especially with apologetics, like yeah. that's basically what's at the heart of apologetics is okay. How do we deconstruct bad arguments so that we can build our faith on something that's reasonable and sound? Um, but when we do that, um, it sort of starts to allow for certain light bulbs mm. to go off. Um, ah. So uh, one of those light bulbs like. is, yeah, like, okay, we're about to play a volleyball game. Right. Do we pray for victory? Because if we do, what about the other Christian school that's also that's playing for, praying for victory? Yeah. What if a victory for the other school, maybe that they're not Christian, maybe we're playing a Jewish school in our league, mm. um, if... If we pray for victory, what if that actually damages the gospel? Should we still pray for victory? Hmm. So um, since Wayne <laughs> is the resident prayer guru, we're going to go oh, ahead and turn this episode over to him. I don't know if that's Ready? the case. Go. Go. Um, I often get um, in, in class, with my ninth graders, the, the last portion of the course is um, over ethics. And we actually get into the morality of war. Ooh. Which sounds like an oxymoron, um, but Wayne might be a pacifist. Oh, I'm. F- yes, <laughs> yes, I am a pacifist. Yeah, something about Jesus. I don't know. Um, no, but so so when when we when that comes up, um, inevitably, actually, a student will ask, or inevitably, I'll I will beg the question, um, but I'll get it out there. Like what? So so in war. So you, so you're mentioning like like when sporting events, right? And we're just talking about like. W's and L's, yeah. right? and, and points and numbers, and, and right. maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe you get a black eye, right, yeah. <laughs> depending on the sport, but um, yeah, we were talking about that, like, with war, like, so what, what happens when, when two different groups are asking the creator of the universe, the creator of life, to endorse their war, their, their war, their, yeah, their, their, their destruction of, 
of another group and yeah, I, the implications of that, right? So, so when whether it's war or a sporting event, like so, someone wins, someone loses. Did the winner pray better? Did they have more favor? Did the losers, like you, you know, jokingly said, like, did they pray wrong? Did they like what a weird thing? And it does it does call into question, like, what the heck is prayer about? And, yeah. and I think even when you mentioned the um, just teaching kids to think critically, mm-hmm. eventually and. It, where I actually often see it, Chris, is, is when we start talking about like the, the characteristics of God. Right. Um, when we start talking about like God's omniscience. Yeah. And and so we we've already done the uh, all roads lead to foreknowledge. Right. Um but but within that you get this, I think, very, very honest question. And and um I think it's extremely safe to assume that it's not just from our students, but but adults, like yeah. adults who've been walking with the Father for a while. So, and the question basically is: If God knows everything, then then w- what is the purpose of prayer? Right. Um, and even maybe we could get rid of the like that that qualifier in the beginning, and hmm. maybe let's start there. Then, what is the purpose of prayer? Like, yeah. even even if we aren't bringing foreknowledge into this conversation, okay. What? Why do we pray? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I will pretend like you are a student. Just ask me that. Hey, Mr. Randolph. No, no, I'm already pretending. Like, we don't need to do it again. Like, we already know. The question's already on the table. Oh, yeah, but Chris already asked this question. Oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> I really like you. <laughs> um, so I, I think the, the, the my first answer is is Jesus. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and I, I just feel, especially with, with, a, with a lot of the deconstructing things, um, I, I feel like like he's, he's always my anchor. My anchor. Yes. I couldn't say that right. And that, that that's that's who I hold on to. And mm-hmm. So if I have deconstructed something, if I have kind of picked through the pieces as I get down to I look at Jesus. And so even with prayer, as we as we dissect prayer, I look at Jesus and something that we see I mean just in, in all four of the gospels, um, is he's he's praying a lot. Right. And he he I mean I don't want to add anything to the text, but it seems like any at least the in the stories that we get, it seems like any like break he gets, he's 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 praying, right? Um, and and it seems, I, I mean, if even if we do bring foreknowledge into this conversation, if someone wait, wait, dude, you're the one that said not I to. No, but okay, I, I'm just right, thinking right. if if there's going to be one human who had a pretty good grasp on what foreknowledge is <laughs> right. and how God's right. foreknowledge works, it's probably going to be Jesus. Of yeah, Nazareth. that's actually a great point. Yeah. yeah. So if that's the case, I mean, he he might know foreknowledge better than Paul. Yeah, but I. Yeah, I hope and so. And he, <laughs> I hope so. And, and like you said, we still see him. We see him constantly sneaking off to pray and yeah. encouraging his disciples to pray. I was just gonna say, and, and that and that was the next part. It was like inviting others to do the same. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, what I think is really cool, Chris, that um, it's important for us to see these disciples of his. Um, and I, I'm probably not in the camp in, in the Christian camp that says they're a bunch of bumbling idiots. Mm. Um, I think I need to put that disclaimer out there. I, I, they definitely like make some mistakes, but like the rest of Israel, you know, for the most part, they they don't really understand who Jesus is right away. And but but this thing was carried on their shoulders afterwards, right? right? And I know it's the Holy Spirit, but but these these guys are okay, right? So I need to get that out there because you have even these guys who are trained Jews. I mean, they're trained enough to be at least under his. Right, his authority, right, his right. rabbiship, and, and to understand like the rabbinic claims that he's making, and even some of the the questions that they ask to us seem like dumb questions, but they're tapping into ancient debates between totally. the Hillel yes. school and yes. the Shammai yes. school, and they're, and, and they're totally doing midrash with Jesus, right? Yeah. And, and so when when his own disciples ask, like, teach us how to pray, mm. I think that's a, another kind of cool thing. So so you have Jesus exemplifying prayer um, constantly. Yeah. Um, and you have him inviting his disciples and others into prayer, um, and then 
because he is rabbi. You, mm. I love, I love that these educated young men um, are asking him how to pray as well. And and the reason the reason for that, why I like that, and, and I like to share that with my students. I think that there is something that we do, um, and this might resonate with some, but there's something we do in the Christian culture, right? And we, we talk a lot about enculturation, Christianity. Like if mm. you've grown up in this and you've learned the right lingo. Um, so you've learned or have been, I mean, I should say this, you have been um, in the vicinity of prayer if you've grown up in the Christian world right. you, for a long time. Yep. So there's this kind of automatic idea that like, okay, so clearly you know how to pray. Um I don't think that's the case, and most people that I talk to are afraid to pray out loud yeah. for for a number of reasons. Um, but even would say like, I don't really know how to pray at home, right. and and I think that can become a very lonely position. Um, I mean, here at a Christian school, that can be a really lonely position for a kid who who kind of looks around and assumes everybody else is praying a yeah. lot or knows how to. And I'm kind of getting long winded there, but I, I love to go back to the to the to the gospels and show my students and adults. Like, hey, even his own students are asking, yep. how do we pray? So, so how does this thing work, right? Yeah, and I think the, I think the fear kind of gets, um, uh, I guess, reinforced because the few students who are comfortable, who do raise their hand and say, hey, can I pray? Those are the students who already know the lingo, who yep. know the seek, like Jesus' favorite um, words, just. Yeah. And, uh, um, hey, we and just talked about that. We just talked about that. I just really just like how we just talked about yeah. that. Anyway, um, but but the people who do continually volunteer to pray are the ones who have have picked up some of the lingo, and so it reinforces the story that wow, okay, see that guy. If I pray, that's how I'm supposed it's, to it's pray. It's got to sound yeah. like I don't know how to put that yeah. sort of sentence together, so yeah. I I shouldn't. I have no business praying. Yeah. So so all that to say, right? Go back to the question, like why do we pray? Um, the first place to go is Jesus. So, yeah. so he he did it a lot. He 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 encouraged others to do it and, and asked people to join in. Um, and he 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 was totally comfortable with people asking him how to do it. And then gave us a model, right, in the, right. In the Lord's Prayer. And and so I mean, there's there's at least a beginning conversation. Yeah, and that's that's a good pragmatic why, right? Yeah. Because if we are if we are disciples of this Rabbi Jesus, um, and we are following him, and we are Christians, little little Christs, right? If that's the identity that we wear, then, okay, we want to model, I mean, we can't call ourselves Christians if we don't try to model our life after right. Christ. And then the hang-up, or maybe maybe the, the concern or fear there is that we attempt to do what Jesus did without knowing the why, right? right? And now we're just kind of going through the motions, which, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, might get you, might get you so far. Yeah. Um, but then you might get hit with maybe some chaos in life, right? Like, we, yeah. we all know life's coming at us, and so... It might be at that moment, almost maybe even like an, like an existential crisis, where prayer all of a sudden didn't mean what it used to mean to you. Right. And now you're really in a crisis and need to pray. And um, yeah, if all you've been doing is kind of the rote learning, yeah. So maybe maybe the why. Um, and so I'd love to just touch on one thing there with with Jesus. Um, and the word I'll use is intimacy. Okay. Um, I, I don't think um, that Jesus is necessarily. Uh, maybe like within the idea of foreknowledge, like asking for. I don't. I don't think he's doing the typical kind of um, genie prayer <laughs> that yeah. a lot of us do, where it's like you know, help me in my day, right. help me to have a good day, help me to do good on my test, help that girl to say yes to the dance, help me to make this 
this basket. Um, right. And if you if you really boil those things down, the, the genie thing is a good way of putting it. Um, or maybe I think a lot of us almost treat it like an incantation. Mm. Like we are. We, say. Yeah, we are little magicians. And if we say the right type of prayer, then um, our words will have causal effects on reality, yeah. um, which I mean, <laughs> I, I think that. Like to an extent, this is how a lot of our Christian family does do prayer, and I yeah. think that it, we we kind of see this um, in the early church that that words have a causal relationship with reality. That declarations and proclamations make people stand up and be healed and do things yeah. like that. And so, I think that um, if we're not careful looking at that, um, it might be easy to then assume that oh, okay, so that's the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is like the why of prayer is so that we can say things to our divinity and cause things to happen that wouldn't have happened did we not say the magic words. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the right code? Do you know the right order? Mm-hmm. And then your deity will perform. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I, I'll go back to that word intimacy, and that's just that's like the exact opposite, isn't it? Yep. Um, and so I, I think, man, I, I think one of the issues... <laughs> I think one of the issues I see surface a lot with my students is that they really do see Christianity as, as just a series of, of rules and a to-do list, hmm. and prayer becomes another rule or chore. Um, you know, did, did yep. you do your prayers this morning? Did you do this? And, and um, I, I think we all get that. We understand how it can feel that way. You don't have to be a high schooler to feel that way about yeah. some of the Christian to-do lists. Um, but and, I, and I think that even if we understand salvation by grace, we were talking with one of our, our friends here. Uh, Micah, and he was talking mm. about like how in some of the Christian circles he's been part of, like they would say things like, "Hey, are you saved today?" Right? Like, um, <laughs> it, like are you practicing yeah. like whatever practice that the the church is practicing, like fasting, or did you do your quiet time, or did yeah. you read your Bible today? Like, um, and even if it's sort of like joking, like the idea. No, of, it reinforces yeah, some it reinforces. some silliness though that we yeah. believe about, and so. So I, you know, back back to the prayer thing though. I what what I see is I see intimacy, and and for me, it, it, you know, like like I say, everything goes back to shalom. That's why I hold on. I mean, to Jesus. That's what I hold on to. But within holding on to Jesus, I'm holding on to this concept and idea of shalom. Mm. Um, and, and, and what I see in Scripture, what I, what I see, especially in that beginning story in Genesis, is that um, God God desired to be with His people and to walk with His people, to have intimacy with His people. Mm. Um, I see that thread carried over. Um, uh, you know, as we teach it, we talk about like the presence meta narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that God was present in the garden. We see that God was, you know, present with Moses. He was present with Abraham um, in the tabernacle. He's present. Um, I mean, literally, He comes and, and He graces us with His presence when He puts on flesh in Jesus. Um, and so I, I see this. I see this desire for intimacy. And so I, I think prayer, prayer is less about like Jesus. I don't think he's going off somewhere to go change God's mind, mm. or to see if maybe God is in the mood to endorse whatever his to do list is for the day. Mm-hmm. And what I see him doing is going and 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 making himself whole with with the Creator of the universe and and having intimacy. And um, you you see the Apostle Paul mention that in a few places in in, in some of his letters where he wants us to have. Like this intimacy, and, and there's even some some language there where it, the intimacy sounds very intimate, almost almost like romantic, almost romantic. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say sexual. I think romantic is probably better. <laughs> um, and that's clearly not what he's asking us to do with de- deity. But but he, he says that when we are wrapped up in that intimacy, 
that this is a love. Uh, we talk about like the peace that surpasses understanding that mm. um, he talks about this love, like doesn't even make sense to us that we would be wrapped up into it and that we would, that we would dare to go. And I think this is kind of what prayer is that we would dare to pray um, that we would be able to know the depths and the heights and the width of the, of this love that it's so big. Right. Um, and I can tell you, Chris, and I would, <laughs> I would imagine you could tell me the same. If I am, Lacking in intimacy with God, whether that's through prayer or somewhere else, um, yep, that's going to affect the rest of my day. And so right. it, it makes sense to me that Jesus did it for himself, but especially that he modeled and exemplified it for the other humans watching him, hmm. that, that I need to be... I mean, one of the things we, you, you know, when we, we pray and we pray with students, one of the things we talk about is, Father, you know, like align us to your will, like align us to, to your understanding. And there, there's something about... There's something about that and having that kind of union and yeah. intimacy with God that um, I don't want to make an if-then statement that if, if I am intimate with God in prayer, then my day is going to have these little genie moments. Right. Um, well, let me, let me have... Yeah, let I should me, probably stop there for a yeah, second. Yeah, <laughs> let me pause you there because I think I'm, if I want to, like, I guess channel the, the questions of a lot of the students and maybe even some of my own questions I thought you were going to say challenge. I was like, awesome. No, channel. <laughs> um, I, I think that... The question is then how how does prayer cultivate intimacy like um to an extent if i mean we we're talking we're talking with god and to to a large extent i mean hearing the voice of god is probably its own like podcast but the idea of hearing the voice of god it's not like it's anyone's foreign. talking back right, right um and when i like <laughs> i want to hear morgan freeman say yes son yes right? <laughs> exactly like and that that sounds like when i talk about cultivating intimacy so with weird. my wife it's not like i'm um, sitting down, talking to her, and she's sitting there silently. Right. right? Um, yeah, totally. But, but yeah, there, the presence. Yeah, there's, there's the presence part. There's physical That's presence. Right. There's right. verbal response. Right. There's nonverbal cues that I can see. Um, and so I, I think maybe if you could just tease this out for me, because, like, yeah, yeah. as someone who processes cognitively, right. I'm tr- I, I even have trouble understanding how prayer is any different from, like, if we're talking about intimacy, how is it any different from positive self talk? Like, I am good, I am loved. There is a divine being that loves me. Hurrah. You know what I mean? How, what's the difference between prayer and, are, and saying those statements? I think those are truthful statements that you just said. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, what's so the difference I, I between don't, prayer I don't know if I that? would say, man, I, mean, I don't know. We might get some hate mail for this. I, I would say that there probably is an aspect of prayer to that, that it's probably probably not fair to ourselves to mm. say that maybe some of that's not happening. Mm. Um, I mean, partially what I was even saying there was like when, when, I, when I start my morning um, in prayer, Right or, or or maybe the the Christian vernacular when I start my morning with a good devo, right? Some yeah. devotion, whatever that may be. Um, <laughs> QT quiet it, time. It changes. Yeah, it it changes my di- my day. Yeah. Um, and so there is a, gosh, for lack of a better term, eh, there is a self help. Yeah. I, I guess like fruit of it. Yeah. That, positive positive self talk. Um, openness to yeah. to like the good things that God wants to do in the day. Yeah. Um, a but, realigning of our hearts. Yeah. All of these sorts of things. Yeah. And I, I, I and I might have mentioned this in another podcast. Um, Dallas Willard said that Jesus had a a, a God saturated view of the world. Mm. Um, that every everywhere he looked, it was it was through the lens of God. Mm. Um, it makes me think of the Shema, this 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 prayer. Actually, we're, all, we're talking about prayer. This prayer that is the most recited prayer, at least within um, Christianity, Judaism. Mm. It's the most recited prayer daily. You know, morning and night. This and it's found in Deuteronomy six four nine, um, and and it's where we get this idea of you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. But but the follow up to that is is God telling His people like. 
this should be on your heart. You should impress this on your children. You should talk about it all the time hmm. when you're at home and when you're on the road, when, you are st- when you're waking up and when you're going to bed. And then, and I act, you know, my little version of it is, and because I know you guys are dumb, you should probably tie it as symbols to your foreheads, yeah. to your hands, your door. For, like, and so here's God saying, like, I need you to be thinking about me all the time, like staying in line, staying in tune with me. Hmm. Um, so I'll go back to this idea of Jesus having a, a, a God-saturated view of the world. Um, God, Jesus seems to embody the Shema. Hmm. Um, he seems to embody, right? And like, and so like, it's like everywhere he goes. I mean, even to the point like, and we, we talked about this recently, like in Matthew five, when he when he says to love your enemy, the reason he gives is the sun and 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 the rain, mm-hmm. which is a God saturated view. Like, there's not many other rabbis probably at the time that are that are pulling that out, right? right. But it's like no matter where Jesus looks, he has this filter. And I think prayer allows us to have the correct lens or filter mm. to see the world. Um, and, and the byproduct of seeing the world, maybe through the lens as much as we can uh, as mm. humans, through the lens of the creator, I think the byproduct is, yeah, I do feel good about myself. Mm. I think the byproduct is even when there's chaos going around, I mean, look at the crap that's going on and, and I mean, just on, on Sunday in, in Las Vegas, like that we can still have hope. And you have this verse that apologists like to pull out a lot, right, about this idea, like always be prepared to give reason for the hope. Yeah. Um, but I have a different filter than that. And so I'm, I'm not getting sucked into these worries and the woes of the day and this and yeah. that because I have a different filter. And so, yeah, there is a, there's a positive... Um, like affirmation yeah, going there, on there. Yeah, there's positive affirmation yeah. going on. But it's, it's, not, it's not pumping myself up. It is... It is having that intimacy and I, and I know we're going to maybe flush out like you said like some of the, the how we actually do that intimacy mm. but in, in having that intimate time with him it is aligning my my filter to his right. if that makes sense uh, as a Christian why is it important to pray because it keeps a connection between you and Christ it's more of you talking to him because being a Christian is a personal relationship with Christ and it's the main way to talk to Jesus uh, it's important to pray because like it's good just to talk to him it doesn't have to be a you know like anything you have problems with it's also good just to like have a conversation with him or like if you even if you need help you could always go to him because he's always there for you thanks Tom. I'd say it's important to pray, so first off, to strengthen your relationship with God. Second of all, it's you talking to Him, it's one-on-one time, and you can bring your needs to Him. Um, it's not a guarantee that He'll, like, for sure give you the outcome that you want, but it also is just good for you to get things off your chest. Yeah, and I think that um, one of the ways that I talk to students about this is I, I know that um, within the Protestant world, um, I think that some Protestants are still protesting um, the, <laughs> the Catholic Church. And as a result, what we do is we, uh, I guess we misinterpret scripture um, to uh, poo-poo things that sound Catholic-y. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's, in, that's in a Jesus, shame, dude. Yeah, in Jesus' teaching... Sorry, brothers and sisters. Yeah, in Jesus' teaching, he talks about um, not praying like the Pharisees um, and... And in his Sermon on the Mount, he's there's a lot of comparison with the Pharisees, but then he also, in the prayer chunk, he tells us um, to not compare ourselves to the Gentiles. 
um, or not like the pagans who think that because of their many words that they will be heard. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I was growing up, the way that this was interpreted was that what that means is make sure oh. that you don't do repetitive centering prayers. Oh. Um, don't recite the Lord's Prayer word for word. Don't because be like them. Because that, that's being like them, and it's just um, vain repetition is the King James trans, uh, translation. And so... Mm. Um, I, I was sort of discouraged from doing these sorts of prayers. And what I realized is that, especially for, for me, I realized that um, since I do process things a lot more cognitively, um, when I do centering prayer, something about that seems irrefutable to me. The idea of I'm, I'm saying these words to align myself with the, with the will of God. Not necessarily I'm going to use my will to impose it upon God, but rather to say... I'm going to speak these words so that my heart becomes aligned to yours. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think for me, one of the most powerful forms of prayer have been these prayers that, strangely enough, don't come from my heart, but rather come from the heart of the ancients yeah. um, that I can say and align my own heart to his. Can you tell us what a centering prayer is really sure, quick? That yeah. might be a new term for some. Th- there's different ways of doing centering prayer. Um, Oh, and so with the students, what I'll say is there's expressive prayer and centering prayer. Hmm. So expressive prayer is taking the stuff in your heart um, and lifting that up to God and saying, here are the things that are in there. And I do think that there's probably good reason for that, kind of like we're talking about with intimacy. Yeah, and I, and I think we'll touch on that a little bit later. But I, I think one of the things there that's really important, um, there's the definition of, because we all, <laughs> how often are we guilty of, or someone's done it to us, where we say, just give it to God. Right. Um, there is something cathartic, um, and, and I and I. Not just cathartic. There's a spiritual right. aspect to it as well, um, of that. So that. Yeah. So that. And what do you call that with your expressive students? Expressive prayer. prayer. Okay. And yeah, then so centering the, prayer. With the expressive prayer, that there's like gratitude versions of expressive prayer. Um, so you can express your gratitude by telling God thank you for things. You can express um, things about His attributes that you admire by praising Him. Um, you can express your need for him. You can express grief. All of these sorts of expression, yeah. right? Yeah. With centering prayer, and so we see a lot. Just really, so we see a lot of like those, like in lamentations, uh, maybe yeah, some the of the Psalms. Yep. Yeah. So it's just it's like literally, it's right, man. In a strange way, it's almost like like diary time with Jesus. Yeah. Basically, right? like here's what's going on today, yep. dear Jesus. Yes. Today, that, that's probably why we start with dear, right? Because we say we're like yeah. writing letters or For journals, sure. right? Cool. Um, and then I think that centering. so centering prayer, um, there's a lot of ways that people have done it. Some people do it as simplistically as thinking about a single word like mm. love or agape or shalom or um, repeating the phrase Maranatha, um, come Lord Jesus, these sorts of um, words. Um, but the point of it is to take our heart and align it with the heart of God. And mm. so some people, um, one of the prayers that I know that has been really, I guess, impactful for me has been the Jesus prayer, which mm. is Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, and I know that's like a weird, like, it seems kind of dark cause it's all about like <laughs> needing mercy and me being a sinner. But, um, there's something about, um, Henry Nouwen talked about mm. these sorts of prayers, um, he wrote about this in the way of the heart. He said, it's, it's our mind descending into the heart. There's this like little highway between our minds and our hearts and centering prayer allows, like, I think that for a cognitive person, like I was just going to get into that like real quick. It, Cause that's probably big for, yeah. for, for other like, 
super mind people. Right. And I think that some people, <laughs> like, when they hear some of this stuff, they're like, oh, so I have to turn off my mind to engage the divine. And, right. Um, I, I Get really all touchy-feely. Liked, yeah, I really liked that imagery, that it's not that we're shutting off our mind, but but these centering prayers allows our mind to take to take that long journey into our heart mm. um, and allows our mind to inhabit the space of our heart, um, and then our heart can align to his will. That's so rad. You know, that's yeah. very Jewish, too. Hmm. Like, in the Shema, when we say, like, heart and mind, like, actually, the heart really is where what we would think of as mind hmm. today. It's a lot closer to the heart. Like, the that. center of will and yeah, desire. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is, like, yeah. Yeah, yep. it's, it's the center. Um, and so some people... Hence the centering prayer, huh? Yes. And so I think that even, like, the Lord's Prayer, um, it's a longer version. But, man, how... If we use that as a centering prayer when we say, your kingdom come, your will be done, not my That's own. That's it. Yeah. Um, or it's we a say, laying get, down of... of, yeah. of my jacked up selfish filters and saying, I want yours, right? Right. So give, your give will us, today. Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe I don't need that second echo dot upstairs so that my robots can hear me. Um, <laughs> but rather, I maybe, don't have a first, bro. Yeah, maybe I just need, uh, maybe I just need the bread for today. Yeah. Right. And that centers us and realigns us. Yeah. To him. And the interesting thing there too, right. Is he's, he's asking the Jews to, to remember back to the Exodus when they were learning dependence right. and just getting, remember they weren't even allowed to take more. Right. Right. And so like, yeah, help us to be just dependent on you today. Right. Yeah. And um, I think it's interesting at the end of the prayer in, at least in the Matthew version of it, um, after the, for years of the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. By the way, that's a textual that's, artifact yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's that added. was probably added like 500 years later. But I like it, so I still Ooh, say it. send the emails. Yeah. <laughs> we dare you. Um, <laughs> we but, love you. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, so one of the last lines before that is, lead us, not into, um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But before that is, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or um, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then Jesus immediately after, like, gives a... It's almost like a parenthetical note before he moves on to the next thing about about prayer, or I think fasting comes next after prayer. Um, and he he says, "For if you forgive your brothers, then your heavenly Father will forgive you. And if yeah. you do not forgive, then your heavenly Father will not forgive you." And so I almost feel like <laughs> he he sort of does demonstrate this connection between, "Hey, when you pray this stuff, it then helps you to align your behaviors mm-hmm. in your heart to then do these things in your real life and actually forgive." So. You yeah. can't just stop with, I'm going to pray um, to forgive as I also forgive, because in that moment you become convicted and your heart yeah. aligns with his and yeah. you're like, dang, I got to forgive. Yeah, that's good, Chris. So centering. That's I like right. That. That's right. One of the things you said about just the way that you grew up and, and you know, similarly, by the way, um, hmm. suspect of Catholics for whatever reason. Um, I just find it so ironic that um, the guy that we we worship, right, Jesus, so his disciples ask him how to pray. He tells them how to pray. And then, I don't know, what year was it for you? Some Sometime in the in the 80s, you were told, don't do that prayer. Right. Exactly. So your church told you not to pray the prayer that Jesus himself told his yeah. disciples. That's, that's ironic. That's interesting, right? Go yeah, church. And, and it wasn't like... <laughs> so I, I'm not trying to be a jerk, yeah. but it's, just, it's so... Right. It's so funny how we get, man. Yeah, and I think it wasn't... Um, and, and for... To an extent, I totally get it because, like, I think that we've all known, like, a Jack Christian or a Jack Catholic. Like, we talk about it all the time. Don't go through the motions. And so mm-hmm. it's, like, it, it makes sense why I was taught that growing up. It's a yeah. knee-jerk reaction against, like, empty, hollow religion. Against nominal right. religion. And, and I'm, like, okay, I totally get that. We shouldn't do that. But then, again, sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah. and we lose centering yeah. prayer because we don't want empty, hollow religion. Yeah, and I... um you know, in the last 20 years, there's been some fun shifts in, in, in the Christian family. And, um, you know, we've had a couple movements. And, um, 
there has been a resurgence. It's been really, mm-hmm. it's been very refreshing for at least in my my spiritual journey. Um, it's been really f- refreshing to see the old prayers of sometimes you know we'll, we'll refer to like the desert fathers and desert, desert mothers and just those who have gone before us and the mystics and um, man those even those those terms you know to call them mm-hmm. the mystics or the desert and fathers and mothers you know for some people that just has baggage but man I love what you said that that you know you'll allow somebody else you know who who is in the same family as us praying mm-hmm. to the same deity as us you know that to recite their words. There's something really beautiful in it. Yep. For me, um, I really like connections, you know, and that's uh, like in StrengthsFinder, like the connectedness, like I have it off the charts. Mm. Um, there's something beautiful when I open up like the the common book of prayer or, you know, reciting some of these old prayers um, mm. of the old saints um, that it's like we're, we're connecting with, with something bigger, you right. know, that, uh, or like to do the Shema in the morning with my children or at night, like, man, there are people all over the world right now, and like sending this prayer up. Like that's that's really yep. cool, you know. Yeah. Um, on the flip, I, I think most of our emphasis has been on the expressive, and I think because we have put such emphasis in in Protestant um, Christianity, especially here in the United States, on the um, remember the phrase we used to hear a lot. It's all about a personal relationship with Jesus, right. and there is there is truth in that statement. I also think that there is a um, there's a non-truth. Right. <laughs> I don't think it's all about right. a personal relationship. Like, and this is why that the concept of, sh- of shalom and all the different relationships is so important. Uh, yep. But to throw that out there, um, we really value individualism here right. in our country. And so when we have this personal relationship with Jesus, in a way, we're, we're kind of then creating our own ways of doing Christianity um, individually. Yep. Um, and so we lose out on the communal aspect, Absolutely. Uh, especially in, these, in some of these prayers, or even even like liturgical prayers where we're, we're all repeating something together, not, not just mm-hmm. repeating something somebody else said, but we're doing it together. Yep. Um, and so I, I think that a lot of the questions we get from our students comes more from, um, they're more asking, how do I do the the expressive, the expressive prayer. prayer, yeah, right. And, and so I, I even just just thanks for I'm going to use that in my class. That's just an easy way to kind of parse those two out, right? Um, and and that makes sense, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that one of the things that was really helpful to me, um, we took like a 20 minute break from it, so we're going to bring omniscience back into the room, um, <laughs> <laughs> or God's foreknowledge back in the room. Um, but I think that one of the things that was really helpful to me in understanding expressive prayer for myself was um, a conversation that I had with my friend Sean over letters. Um, we decided to write letters to each other. I don't know why. There was, must have been a hipster thing. Um, but Does he live in another state? Yeah, he lives yeah. in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> so that's... But we had, we had email. Dude. This was like 2010. It is hipster. Go. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so we were writing letters back and forth about the theology that we were exploring at, the, at that time. Um, and... Um, if you listen to our All Roads Lead to Foreknowledge um, <laughs> conversation, that one was, we talked about open theism um, being on one far side and divine determinism. causal determinism, yeah. or like some people will call it Calvinism on the other side, even though it's not fully Hyper-Calvinism? Calvinism? Sh- sure. It's, it's not De- even that far, huh? It's, it's determinism. Okay, cool. Go. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was leaning hardcore open theist, which means that, I, yeah, I think the future is open. I think that maybe things that I say to God might influence his decisions about the future because it's not set and it's in and there's flux. And there's some pretty cool random verses around sure. scripture that, that can allow one to start yeah. thinking that way, right? And that, that's yeah. a side note, but... Cool. Um, or a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And so me being on in that state of mind, I still had trouble with expressive prayer because I, I thought 
God, I don't know what's good. Like, I don't know what's good for the future. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know what you want me to do with my life. So why am I going to tell you what I want? Like, can't I just say, hey, it's me again. Do what you want. Amen. Hey, it's me again. Do what you want. Amen. And um, in the, this le- these letters back and forth that I had with Sean, um, he, he responded to me um, and told me that's how the rocks relate to God. Mm. Um, the rocks just do what God wants. The trees just do what God wants. Um, to a large extent, a lot of animals just do what God wants. Mm. Um, but he has made us in his image with a mind mm. and a will. And he, I, I, he might have been quoting C.S. Lewis or something, but he was essentially just telling me, like, God doesn't want to have a relationship with you like he has with a rock. Like, he wants a different kind of relationship with you. And, like, don't get me wrong. Rocks are doing a good job of doing the rock thing. But, but he, wants, he wants a different type of relationship with you yeah. that requires you to actually express what you want to him. And yeah, sure. You can at the end say, but I, if I'm wrong, don't give it to me. You can totally do that. But, but it actually pleases him, um, to relate with you in a way where you express your will, even yeah. if he doesn't want it. What, how did you, what was that like reading that from Sean when he sent that to you? Um, cause it's, it's almost, uh, it's a little rebuke yeah, in a little way. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And it's, we need those. Us yeah. guys need those. I, I remember, I, I don't know. I, I felt, I mean, I'm talking about it now about yeah. eight years later. Right. So I think it made, it made an impact on at least my, my desire to continue expressing my heart to God, yeah. um, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that in the same way that we don't want to, uh, I think the temptation for me is because centering prayer, like I get it and it works for me to throw out expressive prayer. Yeah. But I do think that there's something about taking, even as an introvert, someone who likes to, I like to compile my words in my head before they come out of my mouth. I um, have no clue what that skill is like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so even though that's a thing for me, I think it, there's something different about taking those words in my mind and then directing them outwards. Mm-hmm. Whether it's through verbally using my vocal cords and letting them out or just directing those thoughts to God. Um, it, it allows those thoughts to not just be things swirling in there, but rather yeah. to actually express them yeah. um, and, meaningfully to God. I think it gives it gives legs to those yeah. ideas. And, and you're those, inviting him into those those places. Yep. I mean, and the reality is, right, like we're going to hold on to those thoughts anyways. And I mean, I don't know about you, Chris. Uh, I'm just going to assume because you're a human that we're in the same boat. But I know when I hold on to things that I, I'm mulling over, yeah. Um, that I entertain other thoughts and I entertain other voices and I'm, right. I'm not confessing schizophrenia, but right. I, I entertain those other things. And so why, why wouldn't I hold that in the light of, of the creator? Yep. Um, you know, the other thing I was just thinking when, when those words from, from Sean, does he listen to this by the way? Hi, Sean. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Does, does he know about this? Hi, I, I think he knows. You should listen to this. Um, it made me think of, of Jesus and Job. Huh. And so um, in the story of Job, in the very end, um, so we never get, God doesn't really answer the problem of evil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he does commend Job for um, questioning and, I mean, really for venting. Mm. Um, Job vents. Um, we see a lot of venting and lamentations, right? Mm. And so you, there's there's this formula we see a lot in, in some of the lamentations, right, where it's like, Man, whoever's writing this, this particular one, like they're just letting it out. They're having a hard time. They're yelling at God, "Where are you?" All this crap's going on. I mean, I'd, I would imagine some of us in our country right now are praying that after again after the the Vegas shooting, um, "Where are you? How long, God?" Da, da, da. And then you get to this end, 
And there's this wisdom, right, that's like, hey, but God, thanks for hearing me, right? Yeah. This is now kind of my paraphrase. Thanks for hearing me. Not my will, your will. Yeah. And, and so you see that. You see that from Job. You see it in Lamentations. But even Jesus himself in the garden, uh, in the garden where he's like, yep, I don't really want to do this. This hmm. is not what I want to do. But um, I'm going to share that with you. You're big enough to handle it. Mm-hmm. And thanks. Yep. Um, but your will. Um, when my wife was, was ill... Uh, and I would go up and drive up into the mountains. I would have those same conversations with God and tell him how, you know, bad he was and he right. made a mistake and don't you see all that I do for you and like all those kind of things. And I would catch myself often, like it, it, back to like almost full circle. I was saying earlier about being cathartic hmm. after getting all that ugliness out because those things. I mean, come on. I mean, we all know it. Those, if, especially if it's something heavy that we're dealing with, we keep that inside. It, it rots. It yeah. rots our soul. You know, bitterness rots our soul and. Um, we get we get that stuff out, and I would feel light, and I would kind of giggle at the end and be like, "Okay, God, but you know, thanks for putting up with my my crap for a little bit, yeah. and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust, you know, I'm gonna trust you." And yeah. um, man, there, there's something really beautiful. I, I, also, what's happening is I'm 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 working on self discipline. I'm teaching myself to go to the Father and not to me first. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm learning a healthy way of getting rid of these things, right? right. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, um, so there's another version of expressive prayer that I think is that you have again have more experience than than I do. These, um, what's it called? Uh, our, our Pentecostal and Charismatic brothers and sisters. Um, when it comes to healing, um, so weird. I, I think that like some of the things even that we're saying, I've been rebuked for in the past. Of like, if if at the end of a prayer for healing, I say not our will but your will. Um, they'd be like, well, you're just hedging your bets. Like, do you have faith? If you have faith, then just ask for it. I've said those things. Yeah, exactly. Things so, yeah. so if that's the case, then, um, so where's the space for just telling God to do stuff and not telling him we want his will? Like, it, because it does seem like we get that model in scripture and our Pentecostal brothers and sisters practice this. Um, one, one thing that I've noticed in scripture <laughs> that I think is interesting that I'd like to hear what you think about it. It, it seems like when healings occur, no one's praying. It kind of just seems like, hey, in the name so of Jesus, walk. Weird. In the name of Jesus, get up. I don't, in the yeah. name, of, I, like, here, let me put mud in your eyes. Now, go wash it out. Your eyes will be good. Um, <laughs> so weird. Like, there, I want to try seem, that one, by the way. Yeah, there seems to just be. There's an authority there, and it's a commanding, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. there's part of me that wonders if if we're really like, do we pray for healing, or do, should we just start saying, hey, walk? And sure. then when they yes. I, like, Can I just say yes? Yeah, and then, sure. Okay. And then so what? So cue what the music we... to end the podcast. <laughs> That's a rough question, Chris. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't pretend to to know the answer. And okay, how about this? Absolutely, we'll be speaking anecdotally. <laughs> yeah, because I know that you have had experiences I've... of healing of your own and yeah. um, healing for other people. It's weird. And so when that happens, what did that look like? Okay. Um, and. And then how do we make a four-step formula so that we can copy it every time so that healing always happens with a hundred percent certainty? Ready? Go. And then is there like a commercial that we can sell it uh-huh. to people for nineteen ninety nine? Um, okay, so dude, I think that's a great observation. First of all, um, that there doesn't seem to be a lot of prayer involved. I think right. that's really that's really interesting. That's really cool. Um, yeah, it's it, it, gosh. At least at least in the gospels, it seems like, and even in, even in my own experiences with miracles, mm-hmm. we start getting into that. It seems like. Um, this is the first taste. It's it's a it's a it's a kingdom reality. 
hmm. for people that allows them to be open then to the kingdom. To I mean, because you hear often afterwards, like, um, uh, your sins are forgiven. Mm. Um, uh, your your faith, um, your faith in this, like you believe this, right? That you saw this little glimpse of you, like your faith has healed you. Um, and then it seems like the gospel then like expands in those areas, right? right. And so, and I think that even that phrase um, I've heard, yeah, like turn, I so, you saw how like yeah, <laughs> like, like you're, I'm, 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 I'm that's a, that's a scary thing to say out loud, right? But if if we're gonna quote and, Leviticus and Job, then we can quote these passages yeah. where Jesus, your faith has made you well, um, and so. As much as like I kind of cringe when people say you don't have enough faith, and, to- that, and that's and that's why I hesitate. I, I just maybe just let's just say it really quick. Like it, it's not fair. It is not fair to assume that you didn't have like right. you were not healed because you didn't have enough to faith. make that or, assumption. Or your mom still has cancer, and this other person's got healed, yeah. and it's because they have more faith. I, I don't think that that's fair. Right. And, and even if it's not would, fair, though, like the jerk right. part of me wants to be like, but Jesus... Well, it still says it. Yeah, and, sure. and he so says we, it, and he says... Let's exegete it, and, yeah, and, and he says, like, come back to it. it. Jesus couldn't do much, do many miracles in his hometown because they didn't have enough belief. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So... No, you got something there, bro, for sure. There, there's, there, there is... There's some stuff there. I, I think that that even comes with some of that boldness. So let me mm. let me let me at least say. So I, I've I've seen some miracles. I've um, I've received a healing. Um, I've been a part of healings, and they're really really weird. And um, for my cognitive friend Chris, <laughs> you know we've had these talks before. Yeah. It, I don't I don't know how to explain it in your vernacular. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, there, there was there was a, a series of healings in particular um, some years back that that I was very honored to be a part of. Um, the prayer was fairly short, and it was it was which is another whole another idea. But yeah. this idea of inviting the Holy Spirit to be present, um, and that's always a weird one too, as if God's Spirit's not present. But yeah. there, it was really about His presence and. Um, there were people, there were people present who had ailments mm. and, um, I think were fence kids, if you will, that they were, they've been around Christianity a lot, but mm. hadn't really experienced Jesus, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, man, for lack of a better phrase, I'm going to say that God just knew what he was doing and that those kids needed, needed, needed these things to manifest in front of us. Um, I don't know if I can unpack that phrase for you. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, but um, there was a a shift in the atmosphere. You've 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 heard some like we talk about some of our Pentecostal friends might yeah. use that that phrase, but there was there was there was a shift in the atmosphere, and it was just very it was very tangible. Mm. And there was um, there were healings happening that were they were very bold, um, but I think the boldness came from the awareness of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, and sometimes I'm very aware um, mentally of the Holy Spirit's power mm-hmm. and presence. And other times I'm very aware physically. If right. that, if that, <laughs> I'm t- yeah, I'm getting into touchy-feely talk now. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. Where it's, I'm, like, what I mean by that is, like, I know the Holy Spirit's powerful. I mean, I, I know the verses. Yeah. And by I know them, I, I don't mean to be arrogant, but, like, right. yeah, right? The, the same spirit of 
rose Jesus from the grave is alive in me. Like, how much more life can he breathe into these? Like, I know this, and I know what the Spirit does, and, and, and I see it in the Scripture. But, like, to actually know those verses, to know them, um, to know them intimately. Uh, right. and, and, like, the Spirit's presence was there, and it was like, hey, this person needs a healing. Spirit, you're here. Like, go for it. Yeah. Um, and, and for a while, Chris, no joke, everything that was asked for, um, there was healings. Does God uh, heal people through prayer? No. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, that's all I'd say. Does God heal people through prayer? Yes, he does. Can you elaborate? Um, sometimes when people pray, um, people will start to heal when they shouldn't heal. <laughs> Does God heal people through prayer? Um, no. Can you elaborate? I, I don't even, I don't know. Does God heal people through prayer? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know how to answer that. It was weird. And for the sake of, um, <laughs> for the sake of any any of my fellow skeptical listeners, um, when when Wayne tells these story, like this story in particular, like I'm I'm always skeptical. Yeah. Um, but like with this story, I have less skepticism because um, these were like measurable. Yeah. Things. Like yeah. a person who didn't have an arch in their foot had an arch. A person and went, who went straight to their doctor. Yeah. Who they've been seeing for their for not, which is a weird miracle. Yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm like, okay, whatever. Or there's a there's another kid with vision problems, right? It's crazy, and we tested it ourselves. We had him reading the board and couldn't, and we kept praying and praying. And that, he went home that night and went and prayed over his neighbor. There was a healing there, and yeah. I mean, my knee, my knee was healed. We there was a, I mean, just to throw it out there, really fun. It was kind of fun. There was a girl who said, "Hey, my mom is downstairs, ready to pick me up in the car line. Can we? Can we?" pray for her. Can she come up and pray? For and we're like, yeah, of course. You know, and she tells us she has all these back problems. And we're like, of course we can pray. And she's like, yeah, but my mom is Mormon. And we're like, that, that doesn't matter. Like, like bring her up. And no joke. Um, we, me and this other, um, student, we just put our hands on her shoulder and prayed and we could hear everybody in the room could hear pop, 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 pop. Like her like spine got aligned and she kind of did so this crazy. little like, like shimmy, shimmy. Yeah, shimmy, is that what shimmy, I just shimmy. did? Yeah, no one can see that. Yeah, she kind of did this little shimmy and looked at us and was—I mean, I thought we heard her. Yeah, you know, and she's kind of like doing this, and she's like, "Wow, I have to like be—I have to like hang upside down at the doctor for like an hour and do all this other stuff to feel the the release that I have now." Um, now, granted, I, as far as I understand, I think the back pain came back later, so it was—I sure. don't know—jokingly, we're like, you know, she got like a Holy Spirit like chiropractic adjustment. <laughs> um, but those yeah. these, these things happen. My knee, um, I had both knees prayed over and both felt good for a while. And you can maybe get into some placebo effect sure, or something. Yeah, but yeah. I have one knee that has that has not gone back to the pain. And this is and we're about six years now. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 pretty wild. And that's and that's why I'm having you explain. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. It's not so that like you can show off, but rather no. because. Oh gosh, no, I I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't, but, I don't. Like, but I think yeah. that like because I've gone in and out of different circles of Christianity, I've seen a lot of things that I'm like. 
um, was that slaying in the spirit? Or remember when you pushed that guy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, or, or like, oh, one foot grew, or one leg was shorter than the other, and it yeah. grew. And I'm like, or you adjusted in your seat yeah. um, because or like you, my pastor likes to talk about like you know maybe the air conditioning turned on and that's why you got yeah. you got the, the chills and right. you felt something like t- and, totally and, with you, bro. And, and I've, pain, pain I've alle- had more of those unfortunately than the good ones. Yeah, and and pain alleviation, like I get it, placebo. Like yeah. if I. If that, you believe him, that's how the brain works, enough, right? Yeah, I could totally make myself non-pain, but like vision correction and arches—it's weird. Um, those those things are a bit more strange. My my um, knee, like I, yeah. I mean, I can look you in the eye and tell you how much it hurt. I'm fat, and <laughs> and, and to be fat with these kind of knees, with like they they grind. Yeah, my my cartilage and and the one is. I've never had a problem again with it. Hmm. Um, yep. Well, that kind of problem. Right. I'll get other problems. So tell me, Lazarus had to like die twice. I, so. I, <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, I, Sorry. Tell, tell me about um, what did the prayer look like? It, it honestly, Chris, it was actually a little bit more bold, like you said. It, it was. And I, I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kind of pausing. Is it, is it I didn't know we were going to talk about this. Is it sacrilegious for you to like try to refabricate it right now while being recorded? Sacrilegious is a weird word. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it was there was a lot of there was a lot of authority. Hmm. Um, so, like the one the one student, and he he's a he's a Bethel grad, mm-hmm. um, and so I mean, he's like that's the part of the family they're trained. Like, this is their thing, you know. And so it, it was like like literally talking to the swelling and saying like like go away, um, like you you you're not allowed here or um, like talking to the bones and muscles. Hmm. Um, and by talking to, I don't mean that all of a sudden the bones and muscles were animated, but right. like, like in the name of Jesus, I'm commanding the bones or the muscles or the arch, whatever it may be like to align back to the will of God hmm. or um, it, it's kind of these things and stuff happened. Yeah. And, and then, and then Chris, the, the high kind of wore off. Yeah. I mean, we were we were buzzed. I mean, let's be honest. It was spirit buzz. It was rad, yeah. right? It was amazing. I I did not. That was not in my lesson plans. Yeah. And I and I grew up Presbyterian, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also watched this desire to make it continue, hmm. and I think that I. So I I I feel like I can tell you like if the if the spirit's not there and moving and in it, um, I kind of felt like we were the Israelites, um running into battle, grabbing the ark and, and asking God to endorse our battle um, as opposed to him, him saying, Hey, I'm going to send my spirit and some cool things are going to happen for 10 minutes in your class. Um, Because it, it, it kind of spilled out of my classroom and, and rightfully so. I mean, it's a good thing. So I'm I'm glad that my students wanted a good thing, (laughs) Um, but they kept really trying to like force it and force it and force it. And when it wasn't happening, um, they were really let, let down. And I think even rightfully so, because mm-hmm. that was a good thing. Um, but I think that what that might take away there, Chris, is I, I don't know if there can be a formula. Yeah. Um, and so I almost go back to the intimacy with Christ thing again. Right. And like, Cause he, he says he'll give us the desires of our heart, right? Um, but w- one, of my, one of my mentors, Al Castro, um, you know, he, he used to talk about like he, he changes my wants, you know, and he changes these things. And, yeah. and so when I'm in line with him, when I'm intimate with him, um, when I'm very aware of his will and his presence, um, then it seems like, and this, this is actually kind of how that student was. He was like, oh, I think the spirit wants to like do some things right now. 
Hmm. You know, and I've heard that from other people, and I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. It's going to be the little, um, the snake. What is it? The snake, snake charmer. Handlers? Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, yeah, like oh, here we go. Here yeah. we go. Okay, so someone's going to stand up and be ambiguous and say, I, I think somebody here might. But it wasn't. It was like, no, I, I think the spirit wants to to touch people, and hmm. that was. And then we saw it, and then it was like the spirit decided that it didn't want to touch people anymore. Hmm. And I, but I saw humans still want to like continue that right but the spirit wasn't in it and um you know I, I look back to the gospels and i see especially in mark right we see like that it's the spirit that drives like is that in mark a lot that were that it's the spirit moving jesus like mm. like in his spirit he felt this uh, the spirit immediately the spirit leads him to the wilderness the spirit yeah. led him over here you see it in acts where they're like we're gonna go down we're, we had this plan to go this way but you know the spirit in a dream or the spirit told us to go somewhere else right and it and so, or like the spirit transported Philip from the that's, eunuch. Don't ask me place. about that one, bro. That's weird. By location, I don't understand that. <laughs> that's <laughs> I feel like that's Marvel and like DC stuff there. But so, so but I, I do think if we're gonna make if we're gonna try to make a, a healthy formula, it mm. is it it is some sort of intimacy with God. But mm. there's always gonna be like we can see other issues even in Scripture where there is no intimacy and yet there's still right. miraculous things happening. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I, I can't yep. put it I can't put it in a, in a jar I can't yep. put it in a box. Sorry, that's probably that's is probably that okay? Better. Yeah, I don't think we ever do put things in jars. I or just boxes. I made pickle pickles recently. They, they were, were good. So they were so good, good right? <laughs> kind of garlicky. I'm really some good. Spicy ones. Um, so I think. Thanks uh, for asking about that. By the way, I haven't yeah, thought about that. Good. That was that was a weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't had that in a long time. By the way, hmm. and I think what's good is like what kind of was teased out of it though is <clears throat> awareness of the spirit yeah. and. Um, How can you be aware if you're not intimate? intimate And yeah, and so I kind of think that the things that we said before stand. Um, There, there are a couple things about prayer that I wanted to like um, just quickly um, throw out there toward the end of this. um, Is I think that. I mean, this wouldn't be a Confessions of the High School Bible Teacher if we didn't do a uh, how not to um, section. Um, yeah. And so, uh, how not to? There's a couple of things that I hear a lot in Christian community um, <laughs> that have nothing to do with intimacy with God and actually have a lot to do with passive, aggre- passive aggression. Um, with corporate prayer? Yeah, p- particularly <laughs> in corporate prayer. Um, and I think um, I could even be guilty of these sometimes. because I'm guilty I, of this. Yeah, I preach sometimes. And so my, like, the first thing that I'm going to say that maybe we should stop um, is the preach-pray. Um, sometimes I think that we can use communication with God in public as a way of communicating to the people that we're actually trying to communicate Directly to them. Yeah. yeah. So instead of um, like there have been times and I try to correct myself of this. And so I don't think it's happened too recently, but there've been times when I'm in my prayer, like closing up a sermon and I realize I forgot a point and I'll integrate that point into my, <laughs> into my prayer awesome. um, so right. that I can make sure that point gets across. But then I'm not actually in, authentically talking with God. I'm trying to... That's your Enneagram 3. Yeah. I'm tra- praying. <laughs> I'm trying to communicate something Sorry. to people. And yeah. I, I was talking to, with one of my friends um, who who kind of is in like a deconstructed phase of, of his faith. But he, he was saying like, instead of like sending me a text saying I'm praying for you, um, why don't you just send me a text and tell me stuff that you want to tell me? Right? Um, cause, oh. Because that would be much more effective if you're trying to actually communicate to me that you care about me, you right. love me, and you're and, and I'm on your mind. Then 
then text me and say, I care about you. I love you. You're on my mind. Wait, it's even easier now, though, Chris, because there's an emoji with little prey hands. I can ju- <laughs> Dude, I think I just sent those out right. in a group text. Well, and that's fine. Like, if, if what you're meaning <laughs> no, to do no, is, no, like, no. authentically you're, say. You're so right. Um, actually, I want to I piggyback on that. Um, I cannot remember which wise mentor this was, um, but they were really intentional. Um, so in passing, we talk, and maybe we'll do more than the casual, like, hey, how are you kind of thing. Mm. And you actually find out somebody's got a burden, and, and, and we tell them, hey, I'll, I will pray for you. Yeah. Right? And, and then we kind of walk away. Um, this person, for their own self-discipline, if they caught themselves saying, I will pray for you, they would stop and say, can we pray right now? Yeah. Um, and so, so even like something like that, and oftentimes these spiritual disciplines, right, are to combat our own selfish, prideful, right. fleshy crap. Right. Right? So let's stop doing that one. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Um, I also think um, you, you you were nice in that one. I I know you're about to switch, but there's also the prayers that we do corporately where where we're just outright calling somebody out, mm. right? Like yeah. God, you know, God help anybody who's cheating on their husband. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like there's one person in the room. Yep. So yeah, that that's, well, that's that's catty. That was the other thing. Was okay. Sorry. So there's like the preach pray. <laughs> sorry. Um, and then there's the uh, I. The, just a whole category called passive aggressive, being oh, passive aggressive. And so gosh. I think that we can be passive aggressive negatively, like, yeah, doing the prayer where, you know, just some people, I want to pray because some people really hurt other people and I, I want them to, I, I just, I, pray I just want them God to, to want restoration. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so when you're talking to another person, they can the call room, me at four. Yeah. Some, <laughs> something that's far more effective is to just talk to the person. Instead of, I think Jesus told us to do that, Chris. So careful, yep. buddy. Careful yeah. with your advice. Yeah. I, yeah so go there's talk that. To that. So person. the negative side, but I think there's the positive side as well. Like my my buddy was telling me, he's like, I, I think that yeah. Instead of, I've heard this a lot, um, and so if you've done this, I apologize. Um, <laughs> but I hear it a lot. Um, I'll just do an example prayer on Wayne. God, we just thank you so much for Wayne because he's just such a great guy and has mm. meant so much in my life. And, and I really just like, I, I think God about the time that he did this for my family. And I'm just really thankful for those words that he spoke to me that time. If you ever do that, Chris, I'm going to pause you in the middle and say, open your eyes, look at me and tell me. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right, Because I can, and thank you for the accolade. Right. And I could be really grateful about that, but I feel like, super sincere, know, you know, your audience. So I can just tell that to you. And I feel like it'd be more appropriate to include God in a conversation with you and say, Wayne, I'm really grateful for that thing that you did. I can thank God that you were there. Yeah. And, and interestingly too, that you said that, um, we often do that in corporate prayer, um, to like want to kind of like dote. Is that the word? Like to kind of dote on somebody, right? To like give them, to give them some accolade and maybe in front of the group. Right. But why, I won't say like hide it under the, under prayer, but like, yeah, why not just say like, Hey guys. Chris did a really good job today, didn't he? Yeah. Right. Yep. So yeah, I'm. I'm. That's that's a good one. That, yeah. That'll that'll preach. So there it is. Um, I, I think if we stop being passive aggressive, whether it's like because we're trying to get a message because we're preaching, or yeah. because we want to be nice to someone and feel awkward about it, or want to be mean to someone and feel awkward about it, I think that it it probably we should we're giving prayer a bad name yep. by using it for something that it's not. Yeah. And um, so I'll, I'll throw mine out. It's the genie, hmm. lucky charm rabbit's foot um the one i've been telling my students lately and i i i have fun because i laugh at myself (laughs) but um i think i think we kind of like sprinkle him on like seasoning that might have been claiborne who said that but that really we we kind of we pull out a little bit of jesus for the day so it's like in the morning like and again i and i think i jokingly alluded to it earlier today Mm -hmm. like 
Thank you for this day. Thank you for my life. Help me help me to have a good day. Help me. And it's this really self-centered, self-focused on um, the other way. And so it's it's like pulling out seasoning and just sprinkling a little bit of Jesus on on my day so that it will enhance my day. So I'm asking right. him. Basically, I'm asking him to to be MSG for my day. Right. Um and or or the other one uh is is I write a script I rush, and this is kind of how I picture it in my mind to help my students maybe mm-hmm. deconstruct a little bit. What other kingdom can you rush into the throne room, have audience with the king, lay down your demands like for the day? Like, here's the things I want you to do. I need you to endorse this and stamp it. Okay, deuces, I'm out. Amen. Like, yeah. I, so this idea of God as king and kingdom, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we need more of that to understand prayer, but this idea that we can just have him endorse our day um, and if I get a little bold and especially with all the, just the junk going on in the world, um, lately, yeah. I get a little bit more bold with my kids. Like, how dare you, you know, talk to the creator of the universe and, and ask him to make your day, you know, more fluffy. Right. Like, what about blank, right? Just fill in the blank, like change the way that you pray. Like, don't make it yep. self, 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 self-centered, but that's even, you know, gets us back to the beginning of this. Like maybe we, we just need to teach people how to pray right. so that it's not... It's not just Christianity is there yeah. to, for self-help. Yep. <laughs> and, so, and so, like, as teachers, I think that these things that we were talking about, I think, it, yes, these things might surface in your Bible classrooms or in your ministries. Um, but I think even more important is if we're talking about this faith being caught and not taught, then um, our hope is that these things would, would help you in your own prayer life, yeah. um, particularly in your own prayer life that you model in front of other students. And so if you can model honest expression before God, if you can model um, allowing yourself to be centered on God's will in front of your students, in front of um, the, the people that you're mentioning, in front of your brothers and sisters in Christ, then I think that that might be the first step in helping um, combat some of these bad prayer practices. Yeah. We'll get back on path. Yeah. So let's let's go and pray goodly. The end? Bye. Bye. <laughs>